0: You are now Can you listening to he? Four Below to Fantasy Football Podcast.
1: Well, good
0: morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening. This is the Four Below Fantasy Football Podcast in quarantine. I'm your host, Spencer, back, and I'm with my boys, Sam. Go ahead and say hi. Hello trevor how's it going and sleepy boy james oh howdy there oh hey there bud how are we all doing tonight guys you know i'm doing good it's 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 uh
2: it's gonna be interesting having you back we I think our episode went a million times better last week without you so oh
0: i'm basically worthless let's keep in mind the only reason <laughs> i'm on this podcast is to edit it and be in charge of all of our websites and domains so and you got a decent voice so i'll give you that one i have a face made for radio what can i say <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> oh. Why don't, uh, why don't you? Why don't you? Why you guys bring us up to speed with what we were doing since I was in here last time, and yes. we'll, get, we'll get things rolling.
2: Yes. Uh. The first things first. We uh. We had our big our big league draft for a rookie draft for the league. We always talk about was, which we wanted to cover this week, but we want to get through the rest of these rounds. Like we start, like we started last week with uh, rounds one and two of the NFL draft, talking about the fantasy relevant players. We want to continue getting through the rest of these rounds today. And then next week or sometime forward, we'll go through our draft and kind of give our reactions on that. But uh, I think we can just get right into this. So we have as much time as possible to get through these guys, but, uh, I think we left off We left off after that second, first and second round, which covered so much talent. And we still got a lot of guys left here to talk about with the 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Um, so let's just get started right away with the third round here and list off some of these guys that were drafted in the third round. Starting with running backs, we had Antonio Gibson going to Washington. Keyshawn Vaughn to Tampa Bay. Zach Moss to Buffalo. Darrington Evans to Tennessee. For wide receivers... Even though this guy isn't going to be a wide receiver, we had Lynn Bowden Jr. We had Brian Edwards, who um, went to Las Vegas as well. And then we had Devin Duvernay to Baltimore. And then tight ends, we kind of had, after uh, Cole Kamek going in the second, we had a little tight end run with Devin Acia. Is it Asiasi? Asi? Matt Asiata. I don't know. Devin Asiasi, Asi, I think it is. To New England, we have the Josh Dunn. Du- I- Trevor, you could be his name. Deguaro? Yeah, Deguaro. Deguaro, Dalton Keem, and Adam Troutman to the Saints. Um, I-, I think that we have a couple major names here and uh, kind of want to have Trevor get it started off with probably the, I'd say probably the most important and the highest dra- highest drafted right now guy from this third round in uh Keyshawn Vaughn. So, if, Trevor, you want to jump into Keyshawn Vaughn a little bit right here? Yeah, so Keyshawn Vaughn pretty
3: much landed in one of the best spots for him. Um, I mean, obviously going to Tampa Bay. There's a lot of question marks with Ronald Jones, and um, specifically what I I think would be a problem is his pass blocking. He got taken off the field multiple times last year for missing assignments, and that was for Jameis. But next year we got uh, Tom Brady behind behind center, and I just don't think there's going to be a whole lot of leeway. I mean, there already wasn't. So I think that Keyshawn Vaughn could really um, seize the opportunity, and I think it's going to be a good offense. So anytime you can get a a D running back um, rookie deal and a good offense is a great time to take him. For me personally, I wouldn't take him above probably uh, like a Justin Jefferson or uh, Jalen Rager or anyone higher. Um, in my ranks, but like right after that, right into that next tier, uh, with like the T. Higgins, Denzel Mims, um, for me Henry Ruggs, not for everybody, but that's where I'd be looking to take him in rookie drafts.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think uh, Keyshawn Vaughn was a guy that was on a lot of people's radars, and um, obviously the Tampa Bay running back spot was up in the air a little bit with Ronald Jones being the only guy, them being a win now team, and I think Keyshawn Vaughn is one of those guys that. You look at him and you're, the guys like DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins. It's a little bit like ah, I don't know how quickly they're going to get involved in that offense. But I think if Keyshawn Vaughn goes in there and shows he's good, he's gonna he's gonna be getting the ball twenty times a game right away. I, I think he has that potential in that offense. I don't think they want to mess around with um, Ronald Jones's crap uh, too long. But I think Keyshawn Vaughn is one of those one of these guys that you look at rookie running backs having an impact and. Um, especially a third rounder. It doesn't happen too often, but I think Keyshawn Vaughn can come in right away
1: and contribute to that team. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, but pretty much everything you guys are saying, I, I'll touch on, like I would probably take him like what Trevor said, right in that uh, category of like rugs and Higgins um, and him. And then I, I might lean like rugs there, but um, overall I think that's probably right where he's going. I think you're right too. I think, I mean, I'm not the biggest Ronald Jones believer, I think we all kinda know that, but um I, I think really what w- what we're gonna see is Ronald Jones will probably be kinda like the slasher role. He's he's just gonna he's gonna come in probably just on like first and second down or to give Keyshawn Vaughn a break, but I really think this is this is Vaughn's backfield moving forward. Um, I think he's set up for a great role and I think we could see him be a solid R B two for, you know, the next like two or three years probably.
0: I like that take, James. That's a good way to put it. For sure. yeah, I mean,
3: I, I totally agree with everything you guys added on there. It, it's just a, a solid landing spot for him and, you know, it, wide open backfield as far as he can take the reins. And th- yeah. that's the kind of where you're taking him at the end of the first, early second in rookie drafts, one QB. Um,
2: those are your lottery tickets that
3: you're looking for, so –
0: yeah, oh, and I think uh, this is great for us then to start segueing into Zach Moss. For sure. And you're we'll the, just... you're you're the guy right there, Spencer. Yeah. So I got Zach Moss in our league and we could we'll do an episode on that. Um Yeah, I don't I'm excited about this. I'm excited about Zach Moss going to Buffalo. Um made some moves. I don't know what it's gonna mean for Devin Singletary though. This is like like we can sit down and we can look at Keyshawn Vaughn and how, you know, he's gonna take over and um Ronald Jones is gonna be there, but like what do you, I want to hear what you guys have to say about Zach Moss and Devin Singletary sharing a backfield together. Look, I look at it, and you look
2: at Zach Moss, and Zach Moss is a little big guy. He's five nine. I mean, I guess he's not the smallest oh, yeah. running back, but he is two twenty three. He's not the fastest guy. I think they're gonna use them. They they're gonna use him in those short yardage, goal line pounding. And I think he has the potential to be more than that. But Devin Singletary is such a dynamic back. I Zach you Moss is he's interesting. I, I don't he's,
0: know. Zach Moss is Frank Gore. 14 years younger, like size, everything. That's the kind of back of uh, Zach Moss is. Yeah.
1: I I'll touch on that. I think you're right in that take, but Frank Gore was a lot better when he was younger. So I think he's, he's what Frank Gore is right now, pretty much with a little bit of extra juice. Yep. I'm, and I'm really not. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just not, like, I don't think I've ever been impressed throughout this whole process with Zach Moss. He's pretty slow with the four six five. Um, I they'll use him in the goal lines and short yardage areas, and that's about it. I think it's still probably Devin Singletary's role, but obviously it's annoying if you have him because he he's going to get a ton of uh, touchdowns vultured, I'm sure, from Zach Moss. But yeah. well, and, and he is usable in the sorry in in the passing game as well. So we'll probably see him there a little bit. But I still think that's probably Singletary's role more than than Moss's will be.
3: Yeah, and what I'd like to add is Singletary had a really good season last year. Yeah, He got banged up a little bit, but when he played, he played very well, very efficiently. So and then one thing to add on top of this is, unless things change, Josh Allen likes to run the ball into the end zone. He has 17 touchdowns in his first two years, eight the first year and then nine this last year. Yeah, um, I, I would like to know how many goal line opportunities these running backs get in general. Because, I mean, if if you're banking off touchdowns for Zach Moss, I don't know if they'll be there because Josh Allen is actually vulturing quite
2: a bit already. That is such a good point because, what, (laughs) did he have, like, seven seven touchdowns last year? Nine. Nine? Russian. Like, that is huge. Obviously, he might not have that number, but if he gets five or six and Zach Moss gets a couple and it's like where are those goal line carriers for Singletary? I know Singletary is one of those guys that can go on the slot and he can be a receiver too, or he's, he's very versatile in that aspect. But I think Zach Moss is one of those guys that he has, he's a super, super average at a lot of things. And if you have Devin Singletary, he's a great guy to have, because if one of those guys does go down, the other guy is going to take pretty much all the work there. So yeah, and I yeah. just kind of
1: I pulled it up. I think uh, Frank Gore averaged about 1.7 uh, red zone touches a game. Um, and Singletary was a little bit less than that at, oh, uh, well, actually same, 1.7. But it, it equaled about 46 red zone touches on the year between the two of them. So that's pretty low. So obviously they do still want to use Josh Allen as kind of the main focal point for, for rushing that in.
0: I don't know, I'm I Coming back to it, I mean, I, like I said, I picked up Zach Moss. I'm excited because I have Singletary, too. I think they're great handcuffs to own, dynasty-wise, yep. moving forward. Yep. You guys want to slide uh, into Darrington Evans? I was actually
2: going to ask you guys about Antonio Gibson first. Oh, sure. he's, uh sure. I think he's super interesting. Um, Memphis, wide receiver, but I don't think you can really call him a wide receiver. I mean, obviously at Memphis, that's where he was – That's what he was listed as. But the dude is fast. He was used all over the field. Um, I think his landing spot, too, there in Washington with Darius Geis, who I think – Again, like I say, with a lot of guys, I think he just twisted his ankle or he tore his ACL. Just just listening to listening to his TV, you know, I I don't think that there's anyone that is in front of him. I think Antonio Gibson's a weapon, and I think that's how they're going to use him at the next level. And I think that is, I, I I think he could have, he has a ton of upset, I should say. And if they use him correctly, I think he could be a good fantasy val or fantasy asset.
1: Yeah, I think uh, some of the coaches as well after after the draft were talking about using him as a Christian McCaffrey-type player. Obviously, I don't think that is anything in the realm of possibility, really. Um, you never know, I guess. But, I get the idea behind that, though. Yeah, right? I get. What, you get what they're saying. Um, and I do think that's—I think a better comp would maybe be sort of the Eckler role, where they want to use him as an offensive weapon. Um, he's not going to carry the entire workload. I think they still want to use Geis for that. But, you know, they'll put him in there uh, a ton for— you know, third down and, and as well mix him in to take some carries as well. So I, I'm excited for him. I, I obviously, uh, we kind of touched on him too with our mock draft before the draft. Yep. Um, but he's someone I I really like and he went to a spot where there's, like you're saying, there's not a whole lot ahead of him in, in terms of like guys who have a for sure hold on the job. I think they, they could easily get injured again or he could just show to be, you know, just as talented or even better possibly.
3: Yep. One thing I want to add, too, is um, Chris Thompson is obviously off the now, over to Jacksonville, and he's caught 35 balls um, every year or more for the last five years in Washington. So there is a lot of catches to running backs that that need to be taken up, and I think he's going to be the guy that slides right in there. So I think there's a definite um, spot for him to at least get – A floor of x many receptions let's say even if it is 35 I mean that's a good start to a fantasy productive season
1: and it is a different uh coaching staff there now as well so um it's hard to completely bank on kind of past production with what happened in that offense but um in general I do I do like that sentiment I I do think they I mean they want to have a a guy like this on the team obviously with how high they drafted him so um it'll be really interesting to see how they use him
3: was it isn't Ron Rivera
1: yep Yep. Yes, with I
3: and mean, he had McCaffrey. So. Yep. Yeah. That's
1: why they're that's why they're you know, talking about how that they're trying to line him up for that similar role in that past offense for the Panthers, but um obviously yep. not the same player. Yeah. But I like the idea.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think he's a good he's a very talented player. But let's let's hop into Darrington Evans here to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Um I he was what was he? I can't remember. He was towards the end of the third round, but yep. still a pretty high pick. And it kind of shows with Derrick Henry being on a franchise tag, they might be looking to go a different direction. I know he's not the same type of running back. I know Darrington Evans is a speedster. He's not a he's not that pounding back. But nobody's Derrick Henry. I think Darrington Evans has the ability to be a good pass catcher. Where obviously Derrick Henry's brick for hands doesn't doesn't uh, <laughs> can't catch a ball to save his life, but. I, I think this was a great. I was not expecting this. Um, at the time, I didn't know as much about Darrington Evans. I did some research on him afterwards. But I, I think it's a it's a good spot that it's a guy that you're going to have to sit on, obviously. And he's going to have, I'd say, almost no value this year. He might get some pass-catching um, reps. But if they go in a different direction next year with uh, with Derrick Henry and they don't draft a guy, this guy is set to be a starting running back in one year. And you're getting him later in drafts, too. So.
1: Yeah, and he's an athlete as well. He ran a 4.41 4 40-yard dash. He's, he's fast. He's pretty, pretty beefy, 203. You like to see that weight on running backs at 510. 10 um, I, I didn't know a whole lot about him uh, before the draft, but I did actually watch a little bit of tape beforehand. I didn't expect him to go this high necessarily, just coming out of the smaller school uh, at Appalachian State. But he did look really good on tape. He has some good wiggle. Um, he finds ways to uh, gain extra yardage as well. Um, I, I came away pretty impressed, and I think he's got that Dion Lewis role locked in, and then hopefully maybe something further on, kind of like you're alluding to, uh, once they move on from Derrick Henry.
0: And being the guy that, in our league that drafted him, you guys totally summed up why well, I picked him. I
1: picked him. Do we quick
3: want to go over uh, Lynn Bowden here as well?
0: Yeah, I was gonna jump into him next because he's listed under the receivers,
2: but he is totally a running back now, or at least what John Gruden said. Um, he was he played for uh, Kentucky, and if I remember if I remember correctly, they used him a lot all over the place. Like they used him every which way there. If I remember correctly, I could be I could be missing or thinking of a different guy, but he's one of those guys that's very versatile. I think um. Uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Jalen Rashard is he still there? Or is he gone? I thought he, he is was gone. still there. he still there? Okay. I thought, cause my, my thought is he's getting pulled in there to be that kind of role where he's going to be the pass catching back that can also spread it out in the uh, slot as well and catch the ball. But uh, I, I, I think, I think he's more of a, personally, I think he's more of a weapon for a team than he is a fantasy asset at this point in time.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And it's just such a crowded, uh um team really at this point. Like where where is he gonna get the targets from? Where's he gonna get the touches from? Um it's it's really hard to to see that play out favorably for him, but he does have pretty good draft capital and like you said he was he was obviously a weapon for Kentucky. Everyone seemed to really like him. The coaches were really excited to grab him. Uh so I it's it's really hard to tell at this point. But he does look good on tape. He's an electric player. Um I think they'll find ways to scheme him the ball. It's just kinda how how well is he going to be how, on does your fantasy yeah, team? Saying, how does that translate to yeah going to say how does that translate
2: to fantasy yeah. um i think he's a guy you take a shot later on he's third round he's third round draft capital but he's not you're drafting guys like agg over him i think i think you're drafting some of those later round guys over him but he, he he's a weapon that's for sure
3: i think he's definitely a guy that if you're a Josh Jacobs owner you can get and you don't have to spend a lot for yeah. him you know i mean I, I think he's going like late third early fourth even in some yeah. drafts like oh, for you're only sure spending you. a fourth round on your solid uh primary uh handcuff it's not a bad
2: game oh and with the upside of having actual fantasy value with like him still playing so there's i mean there's that upside with this guy but he it'd be really hard for him to reach that i think but i completely agree on that
3: should we get into the wide receivers now
2: yeah so there is with limbaugh and technically being changed to a running back at least what Gruden said we got only two wide receivers to talk about here and that's uh Brian Edwards and Devin Duvernay I just want to jump right in with Brian Edwards Brian mm-hmm. Edwards a guy that we talked about a bunch before that's I know in our previous podcast he's a guy I think a lot of us I personally really liked before the draft I, th- I think he was he just uh, he's one of those. He's a big physical guy that's gonna go up and get the ball. He's a great receiving talent, and with this landing spot, him falling to the third was somewhat surprising. But he did skip the combat, or he didn't participate in the combat. I think he had a broken foot or something like that at the time. Um, but I think you look at this guy. You got they were drafting Henry Ruggs in the first round, but I I think that frickin' Brian Edwards has just as good of a chance of being the number one guy in Oakland as Henry Ruggs does when it comes to fantasy and when it comes to, um, NFL, uh, player as well. Like I think that Brian Edwards has just as good of a chance to be that number one guy in Oakland as Henry Ruggs
1: does. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I know we all really liked him before the draft. I would have hoped he went to a better spot, um, if I'm being honest, but they didn't have very much in that wide receiver room beforehand, so I think he's probably the immediate uh, number two option at least. I think just with drafting Rugs as the first overall receiver, there's no way they're not gonna try and give him the ball as much as they can here. Um, I just I would have liked to see him come into a spot where he doesn't immediately have somebody like Rugs uh, in front of him, I guess, to, to but, compete with. But. Kind
2: of kind of like a. Uh... Uh, jets like where mims landed uh, where he's
1: like kind of for sure gonna be the guy is that what you're thinking more yeah of? something like that mm-hmm. would have been a little bit nicer um but i still believe in the talent and i think he, he's just gonna show that he is he should be the number one option in that in that offense over time um but i mean ruggs is obviously great too so it's it's tough
0: yeah so who wants to talk about devin duvernay well, why don't you talk about him, Spencer? With you
2: You're bringing but him yeah, up there, so yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: know much about him. All I know is that there's a guy in our league that loves him and thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread. And I was so, wondering if anyone's got a better take on him than that. I mean, I tried to do all the reading on him and get some stats on him 5'11, 202
2: pounds. Um, you know, you know, with Duvernay, I, I. I didn't know much about him before oh. the draft he went to the he went to this landing spot and i was like okay i gotta gotta start moving my ranking and i kept moving him up my rankings a little bit a little bit a little bit and i was talking with trevor and he's like dude i have him so low he's like i think i'm having like 44 i was like i think i only have him like 33 and i think the highest i got with him was like 30 um i just don't it's nothing against the dude i i, I he's fast he's what he's really they need for that often but how many fantasy wide receivers can be viable in that that uh that offense. they got Miles Boykins that they drafted in the third last year. Obviously, they have Hollywood Brown, they got uh, Mark Andrews. they got Lamar running, they got the running backs. like I, they're not a potent passing offense. I don't think it's an offense that can support two fantasy relevant wide receivers. I think because they have the relevant tight end. and I think I think that Hollywood's the guy there, but I, I personally don't see him being a I think him seeing a weapon, not a not a fantasy option.
3: I totally agree with that. And I also look how much better can the Ravens' offense really get? Like, I'm thinking last year might have been peak production yeah. as far as like points and yards. They may transition to more of a passing offense so that I could see some uptick there. But as far as um, actual production, yards, touchdowns, uh, I don't know if they're going to get a whole lot better than they were last year. It, it's hard to yeah. even yeah. project that.
2: Oh, for sure, especially with defenses adjusting, um, and obviously Lamar is going to continue to run. But he had 33 touchdowns and he led the league with touchdowns. And um, I just don't see that happening again either. Like I, 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 see people figuring out this offense a little bit. Obviously, Lamar is going to be impossible to stop no matter what you do. But this is—it's not an offense that's built to support multiple wide receivers, especially with how good their tight end situation is there and how they like running those two tight end sets so often.
1: Yeah, I think he immediately is going to be, you know, not probably the third option at best. And I think it might be partially they—they obviously want to. We we can tell from what they're drafting. You know, they they're going for speed in this offense. I think that's one of the main traits that they want. So they took a guy in the third here who is one of the speedsters in the class. I think his best chance at really being fantasy relevant is if uh, Marquise Brown turns out to not be as durable, which we've already kind of seen that a little bit. So maybe there is a chance there. Um, but I, there's Mark Andrews is still the easy, easily number one option in this passing offense. And I think Marquise Brown is the solidified number two right after him. So I, yeah. I'm not super excited about Devin DuVernay, um, but he doesn't look bad on tape and he is obviously pretty electric. It's just opportunities not there for him too much. Yeah. While you guys are talking,
0: um, I'm on ESPN and it's playing like his highlight reel. He's he's explosive and four three nine forty, Like you said, speed's here in the class. Um, but like we know in fantasy, what is it? We, what are we talking here? One injury, and all of a sudden this guy's up in the in the, in the depth chart. And well, then he started, can be a so. great
2: NFL player, just like yeah. we said with KJ Hamlet, But that doesn't always translate to fantasy, and that's what exactly. we're talking about here. So exactly. I just don't see
0: it as often. But which um, I think we need to iterate sometimes too, because we really rag on guys. And we have to remember this: we're ragging because it's fantasy, not because he's not going to be an athletic, good player in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he's so, going to be trash. <laughs> claim
2: right here we got this
0: i don't know how the hell you can call anything trash with that mustache you got going on right now <laughs> well i know trash when i look in the mirror come on come
3: on look at this <laughs> i can see it playing his day this man no he's probably gonna be a fine player it's just i don't see the fantasy relevance no
0: all right
2: yes so we were all watching these drafts i don't think we watched this part together but i was watching the draft and we get to the third round and i'm gonna say okay like cole Komet's the only guy that's gone then i start seeing these guys Devin asiasi josiah i don't even know how to pronounce his last i can't pronounce my own last name let alone these guys um but <laughs> i i looked at these three the guy went new england asiasi to new england uh Kid to Green Bay, and then we had Keen to New England again, and I, I had a list of like seventy players, and I had to add all three of their names to the bottom. Um, I went and watched Masiasi and uh, a little bit of Keen. I didn't watch any of the Green Bay kid, but they, they, they looked like they're one of them. I mean, Keen looked like a fullback. Masiasi um, looked like potential, and obviously New England has they, they like using the tight end, but I, I don't know. It, it's one of those guys you take a shot on it late in a draft, but. Who knows? They they like using they like testing guys out and easily one of these guys could turn into something. But we don't know what the QB situation is in New England. Um, Trevor, I maybe let you touch more on uh, Josiah, but I I don't know I don't know I don't I don't like these guys too much. I like the next guy in this list that we'll have James talk about. But I I don't really see uh,
3: Deguara being um, fantasy relevant. I mean he was drafted more to be like uh, like a fullback slash tight end. Um, he's gonna get targets. He's gonna get like he'll have his opportunities. But Sternberger is way more of a wide, like a a weapon in in the offense for us. He's he's just he's not much of a blocker as like as Deguara is. But he's going to be getting the the looks um, from Rogers. And on top of that, the Packers just haven't really had many fantasy relevant tight ends. I think Lafleur wants to have more relevance there but uh, we need to see what happens i guess i don't know i don't really like yeah like him as a fantasy option and on top of all that the packers um are looking to be more of a run first team anyway so it's getting down to how many options can be yeah. um, viable and sure. and Devonte adams is just
2: a target
3: uh monster he takes up so many so
2: yeah. yo let's just move right past those guys into the to the, a good landing spot and a guy that James really likes here with uh, Troutman going to New Orleans. So, James, yeah, you want to talk to about him?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was my uh, number one tight end going into the draft, and then he went to by far the best landing spot in my eyes. Some people might say Cole Komet in Chicago. That's fine. I don't think that offense is really uh, nearly as good for fantasy assets as the Saints are. And, you know, it might take a little bit for Troutman to get fully integrated into the offense. He does still have, I think Jared Cook's still there, is he not? Yeah. Um, so I, I, we're going to have to wait for old man Jared Cook to get out of the way. That shouldn't take <laughs> too long. Um, but Troutman looks great on tape. He, he really seems to have all the skill sets you want in a fantasy tight end. Um, he's got smooth hips. He catches well. He has really good agility, which showed up at the combine. His 40 yard dash wasn't too great. I'm not really worried about that because the agility showed up and that's almost more important to me. Um, and and he does have a massive catch radius. So really I'm, I'm excited for Adam Troutman. And I think people are starting to talk about him a little bit more here too. And that's only going to continue because he easily went to the best spot where he's going to have the biggest ceiling out of these guys.
2: So I do have one question with that. So I know, obviously, you said he was your number one tight end. Um, obviously, Drew Brees isn't going to be there much longer. How do you think that affects Trump? And you think he's, he's quarterback proof? Obviously, it's hard to be quarterback proof when it's going from Drew Brees to someone else. But do you think that if they get a guy that's a, a viable quarterback, that he can still be fantasy relevant um, once Brees is
1: gone there? Yeah, and I feel like I've kind of touched on this before, too, but I'm I'm not as worried as I initially was with Drew Brees retiring. We saw Teddy Bridgewater go in there and hold it down just fine. I think as much as we as Vikings fans kind of loathe Sean McVay, he is a good offensive mind, and he, he finds ways to get these guys to produce in his offense, and I'm, I'm really not too worried about once Drew Brees moves on, um, especially if Jameis Winston's there fucking slinging it, so... Well, he's we'll got see. those.
0: He's got those new eyes. Yeah, <laughs> twenty
1: twenty
2: vision, baby. Yeah, uh, you know, that mean he's only going to throw twenty interceptions now.
1: Oh man, would that That's... be? The, he could be a starting QB then for sure. Oh god, could,
0: yeah. um, could you just imagine not having twenty twenty vision and being an NFL starting
1: quarterback? It like, actually how? blows my mind how, how? that happened. I don't wow. know how bad his eyesight actually was, but that that is ridiculous to me. Like, just put it in context, man. It's oh my not, god, god, it's oh. ridiculous. It's not that tough. It's ridiculous. Wild. He could have worn those uh, glasses goggles that they had yes. in like the old, <laughs> the old NBA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be some yeah. drip right there. <laughs> oh god.
2: All right. Well, we just finished up that third round. There wasn't it's starting to get a little bit thinner on the players drafted fan, like fantasy relevant players drafted in these rounds but um let's hop right into this fourth round uh for qbs we had jacob eason and james morgan going uh to indy for eason and the jets for morgan um running back wise we had joshua kelly to lac we had the michael p ride to the jets we had antonio anthony mcfarland jr to pittsburgh dj dallas to seattle For wide receivers, we had Gabriel Davis to Buffalo, uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden to Washington. And then for tight ends, we had Harrison Bryant to Cleveland, uh, Albert O to Denver. We had Kobe Parkinson to Seattle, and then Bryson Hopkins to the Rams. So we're just going to skip over those quarterbacks unless they're in a super flex. You're not going to be touching them anyways um, unless somehow they earned a job later on. So let's just hop right into these running backs. uh, And I think we can start maybe right at the top and go right into Joshua Kelly um Mm -hmm. looking at Joshua Kelly he was another guy that he wasn't in my initial draft board he wasn't super high but after doing a little bit more looking into him um he's a guy that I think has the potential to be their pounder I think he's the potential to take over Josh Jackson what Justin Jackson's role is going to be in that offense um but obviously it's not going to affect uh uh, Austin Eckler, but if if he turns out, I mean, I guess I guess I he he's a he's a good player. He can run the ball, and they they're able to support two running backs in the way they run that offense. Currently, obviously, things can change with having a more mobile quarterback with uh, Herbert.
1: Right.
2: Um, I personally like a couple of these the next three running backs a little bit more, but I think Kelly Kelly landed in a good spot for him. I think he's going to get the opportunity, and he's it's going to be his to lose. Um, as that uh pounder running back um, once he gets past Justin Jackson, I don't think Justin Jackson's anything special personally. So he's not,
1: no, he isn't. And uh, I, I'm going to kind of disagree with you here. Cause I think Joshua Kelly is the easily the guy I'm probably the most excited about really? out of all of these guys. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to go, they want to use him immediately. If you listen to what the coaches are saying, he, he's going to come in. He's going to have an immediate role. Like we're saying, Justin Jackson isn't anything. This offense can easily support him. And Austin Eckler, it it might not be, um, you know, an an insane fantasy production from him. I don't think anyone's expecting that. But you might get the odd RB2 week or more out of him. And I mean, that's enough for how late you're probably drafting him in these rookie drafts. And he's an athlete too, man. I mean, he he checks all the boxes there. He he's pretty good in the the receiving game as well. He's just a he's a solid all-around guy. And that shows up on tape too when you watch him. He he can really kind of do it all. But yeah, anyone else got anything to add on Joshua Kelly there? I mean, I I agree with that. I
3: think he's going to get used right away. Uh, the only thing I would disagree with you on, Sam, is uh, Herbert really isn't that mobile either. Um, I don't think he's going to be taking a whole lot. I mean, he he only had 50 rushing yards last year, um, for like point nine average. He, and, and he I don't know. I don't think he's really going to be like stealing a whole lot of the uh, rushing. I like that you actually brought that
1: up because there's this weird idea that he is some sort of rushing QB, and I think it's partially because that's the only time he looks good on tape because his decision-making – Justin Herbert's so bad, man. Maybe I'm wrong, but he does not look good with his decision-making, passing the ball, Um, but the only times he's really kind of flashed is when when he's forced to scramble and rush, and I I don't know what you can attest that to really or how that's going to translate into the NFL – but we'll see. I th- I think they probably will lean on the the run game a little bit more with this rookie QB coming in though. So maybe that's also a little bit of a uptick on Joshua Kelly, but maybe probably more so for Eckler, I guess.
3: Yeah, but I mean, I like Kelly. I think he's probably got the best shot to be fantasy relevant this year out of these
0: uh, uh fourth rounders. Yeah, unless backs. an injury happens
1: in front of the the mm-hmm. other guys. Um, yeah.
0: I think number two, I think, yeah, you can just go right down the line. Uh yeah. Parian or is it Perrine?
1: I, I think it's Ryan.
0: His a, he, You do He has a custom, ma- yeah, cousin.
2: Yeah, his cousin plays on Cincy right now. He got drafted by the Redskins. People in the fourth round as well, I believe, and people really liked him, and he ended up being shit.
1: It's Like, really, gonna, really bad. Spence, I'm glad that you didn't recognize him, though, because... That's what's going to happen to a couple of these boys' uh, draft picks, you know? We're going to be like, oh, you don't remember that guy? He was supposed to be a big deal, and then he just flamed out. Sorry, moving on. The L- L- Michael P. Ryan here. <clears throat> what do you have to say about him, Spence?
0: Anything? I was just saying, talking fantasy relevance this year, he's got the opportunity if something happens with Bell. Yeah. That's... And
3: we. I would like to jump in here and say we know that Bell isn't the – the most uh, loved running back that um, Gase could ever have because he doesn't seem to actually like Bell much at all. And on top of that, <laughs> Bell's contract is probably um, going to I, – I, either it's done next year or they're going to they get out. out of it. Yeah, I they're think they probably going to get
2: there. out of it. It still goes a couple more years, I think, but I think they have a pretty low uh, hit. Um, yeah.
3: and so the the Michael P. Ryan, I really like him for his opportunity after this year. Obviously, the Jets would probably draft another running back next year um once they let Bell go. but uh, he has a a really good shot at being that guy. If he shows up this year or if one injury happens, Um, that's
2: just, that's just it. If he shows it in, if he shows it in practice, obviously he probably won't be the guy unless Bell's injured, but if he's showing it, they might not be looking to draft a running back. At least one, maybe not high. Maybe they'll go for another fourth or fifth rounder again next year. um, If they like him, but he, he has the opportunity. He's the second guy there. And I think, uh, I think it's his to his job, his second job to lose once he gets into the season.
1: Yeah. I think he's a, he's a smart player and, um, he looks pretty good on tape, honestly. Um, He can, he really can kind of do it all. I think he's a pretty good blocker, so coaches are going to like that out of him. But I think kind of what I've touched on in the past, too, is he's just not a very electric player. And I, NFL teams are always looking for any sort of competitive advantage they can get over their team. I don't think there's really any teams who would be content with having him lead the backfield unless he really improves this year. Um, and just becomes a better athlete, but that's really not going to happen. Um, so I, I think he does have a chance, obviously, if there's any injury. He's the guy who would probably be pretty good in fantasy if that were to happen, but you wouldn't see very impressive uh, yards per carry from him or you know anything that's really going to jump off the board. So I, I don't see like him having much of a future in the long run, but uh, a good handcuff to have, I guess. You would be happy as for him to be your handcuff.
3: Yeah, I'd agree. I, mm-hmm. I I think that's all good. So should yeah. we jump into Anthony McFarlane here?
2: Yes, I think we should hop into McFarland. Um, honestly, I didn't I didn't know. I guess I didn't know too terribly much about McFarland, but I like McFarlane's landing spot a lot. I like Pittsburgh because James Conner is one tackle away from being injured every single week. Um, so I, I don't know if one of you guys knows a little bit more about him. wants to hop in on him? But I think it's it's just like once you get here, when you're drafting, at least in my opinion, you you what you're looking for, especially with running backs, you're looking for the guy who has the best chance to get get the job. And I think with Benny Snell and uh Jalen Samuels, I think Jalen Samuels is a weapon they like, but I don't think Benny Snell is anything special. So I think McFarland has the chance to go in there, and James Conner gets hurt again. Um, who knows?
1: Yeah, and I I hate to just be uh, feel like I'm taking up a lot of the airways right here with how much I'm talking, but. Um, Anthony McFarland, I think, is a guy who, if he didn't get injured last year, I think it was an ankle injury, we'd be talking about him a lot, uh, a lot higher. Um, he he looks really good on tape. He's a really good athlete, and I I agree. I think this is a great spot for him. He's he's got a good chance to prove that he is a really good weapon, and that they'll just want to give him more opportunity. Um, it, it is kind of a crowded running back back room, I guess. So it's kind of tough to see where he's going to get a whole lot of opportunity unless Connor gets injured. And even then, it's probably going to revert to more of a RBC there. So I guess I I don't know how much there is to be hyped about for fantasy production, but he does look really good. And there there's a chance, I guess, just with what he brings to the table.
3: Yeah, and one thing I'd like to add to is the Steelers were not very good on offense last year. Uh, they just... Um, all throughout their whole game, they didn't really produce uh, very well. And on top of that, I mean, unless you're a really big Ben Roethlisberger Berger believer, I don't know if, with him coming back if that would be enough to um, shoot them into being having lots of fantasy relevance. And on top of that, they have very limited cap going into these next couple of years. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. I don't really like the way the Steelers are um going but then it's also hard to tell because uh mike tomlin has been a great coach and they never are super bad so yes we'll we'll see but i don't i don't really like where they're going as a organization i feel like it's one a crowded committee and then on top of that i don't really know if they're going to be putting up a lot of points
1: And you don't know who's going to be qb for the future and i think that's a huge question mark on this whole offense too. um as much as Big Ben gets like memed by everybody, he's he's great in this offense and for the fantasy players around him.
2: Oh, for sure, Ben Roethlisberger is great for his fantasy assets. Obviously, you can see last year. Granted, those guys were those two quarterbacks had no business being in the NFL as it was, but you could see last year just what happened to that team overall when Roethlisberger went down and Rudolph and uh, Bucky Bucky duck, had to come in. So duck, ducky, duck, ducky, buck, whatever. Ducky quack quack. Um, should we hop in the last running back in this fourth round in DJ Dallas? I think now, he had a great landing spot to start. DJ Dallas? Yeah, I think that's a great spot to land. I, I do too. I know, I don't think James is up on DJ Dallas just because they do have two running backs to hand him. but Chris Carson is an unrestricted free agent last year. And if I remember correctly, they do have a, uh out on Penny's it would be Penny's fifth year next year so they don't have to sign him and with Penny's injury I really do not think they're gonna they are gonna sign him to that fifth year option um another guy when I look at DJ Dallas and watch some of his film he's raw he's really raw he has the potential he has the size um but he has a lot of work to do but if anyone if anyone can make a a running back work it's Pete Carroll so I think it's, when you look at him, it's, it's a great opportunity where he landed Um, pretty athletic dude. And if he can figure it out, especially obviously, again, we talk about this and they players don't help each other, but if he can learn from watching Chris Carson and mm-hmm. even Rashad Penny a little bit, but Chris Carson for sure in this year, um, I think he has the opportunity to take the spot next year.
0: He's got the one thing that I think DJ has got that's, great form right now is he can be explosive if he sees that hole like his acceleration zero 100 is right like that he's up to speed but he needs to work on having some feet after that like you sit here and you watch his like highlight on film oh wow like that was an explosive six seven yards oh look they're catching him and he's down i mean he's got to work on that so that that that's what i like about him i think sam you kind of hit the nail on the head there with that landing spot um it's his job to win
1: James. Um, I, I think you guys are, I actually mostly agree with whatever, everything that Sam said there. My biggest issue is people hyping up this landing spot because of the fact that Rashad Penny and Carson are injury prone. And I understand that that is a possibility, but they've also come out and said right away that DJ Dallas is mostly going to be on special teams. Um, so I don't I there's I don't really see any way that he's gonna get even used over Travis Homer year one. Oh I totally agree. Yeah and and I do think um he did he looked good l- last year and he is super raw and partially that is due to the fact that he came in as a QB. I don't think he started playing running back until two years ago. Um but I, he he did play behind Travis Homer who is now on the same team as him. So I I don't even I'm not necessarily sure he's the third running back option. He could easily play into that role, um, but I I do agree. Uh, the future for this running back room is pretty up in the air going forward. So maybe they have him sit for a year, they develop him. He looks great and he can come out and be the one or two option in one or two years time. I I'd agree with that.
2: Yeah, I completely. So oh sorry, I just want to say this quick, Trey, before you hop in. Um, I just I, I I do not like when people are saying that. Oh, these guys are going to get injured and he's just going to play. It's like no, you can't just say that. Like this guy is, like you said, he's not even probably the third option coming out right away. He is a developmental player, and he if he gets if he gets that opportunity on special teams to show himself and they like him, he's really raw and he but he has potential and that's what you're looking for.
1: Yeah, he, he's a lottery pick, and where you where you took him in the draft is where you want to take guys like that. And I think he has a little more upside than a lot of those uh, type of lottery picks in that that area where you would be drafting him. Um, but I think people need to still be realistic in the fact that he is going to take some time to be developed and it might not even pan out for sure.
3: Yeah, I was, and I was just going to add to that is, I think he's kind of similar to uh Michael P Ryan in that this year he's not going to probably barring injuries be relevant, but it, if um, he does show up in practices and when he gets game time shows up, Um, next year, 2021 and beyond is really questionable for the, uh, steel or Jesus, the, uh, Seattle running back room and the Jets running back room. So I think that that's where people come from is in 2021. Um, if he shows up, he could be the guy and Pete Carroll, you know, if you should play well, you get a
2: play. So exactly. I mean, Chris Carson was a seventh rounder, I believe. So all right. Should we hop into wide receivers? Yeah, so there was two wide receivers taken here, Gabriel Davis and Tony Ogandy-Golden. Personally, I don't even want to talk on Davis. I, there's not any opportunity there. He wasn't on my radar before the draft, and he's not on my radar now. I don't know if you guys have anything to say. Bop, I don't know. I do they have other options. I just, I just don't see him having any opportunity in the near future. And I just, I, I didn't even, like I said, I didn't even have him on my radar. I don't like that passing offense that much as it is, especially with Diggs being locked up. They have Brown. They have Colby easily. They like throwing to the running back. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. That's There's a lot of people ahead of him. Um, I think he's, I'm not going to shit on him too hard here. I think he's somebody worth picking up um but but yeah realistically it's it's gonna it's gonna take a lot for him to be fantasy relevant I'd say yeah
3: yeah I'd agree with that I mean you're not taking him early and if you are I just would disagree with your pick I'm (laughs) not I'm not taking him until at least the fourth round probably
1: I think it more just shows that that, uh you know Bills are probably looking to get some younger guys in to try and develop because I I doubt they want to you know, pay John Brown again and keep Cole Beasley like long term. Those guys are probably they're probably gonna move on from them unless they really perform well enough to warrant an, an, a contract extension. So realistically, I, I'm not saying he's gonna be the number two option at any point in time. But they're probably trying to build up a little bit of some depth there to have someone you know for when when those guys, uh, other two guys I mentioned are no longer on the team. Yeah.
0: And in, in in little what Sam just said. Just that was him. terrible. I could not hear that. <laughs> I don't he think anyone's do gonna know
1: what oh, that was. What the hell oh that god! Was. You just it broke
0: was, the mic. <laughs> sorry. Just, I, I was trying to do the
2: K O. Oh know. god! Knockout. Yeah. He <laughs> go. Yeah, and like you said, you guys are right. I was just kind of being cynical in that sense. But is it, this a guy you're not taking high? You're taking him. I would think even late fourth, fifth, or sixth. Like he's one of those guys. Yeah. Like, I, so. I think
1: I got him undrafted. Or, no, I didn't actually. I think I did draft him, but it was late. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's talk about a guy who's a lot. More worth talking about
2: here. And, and uh, Antonio Gagegold. Fun, fun guy. Fun guy. 6'4", four, 223, 4'6". Four, not, not the slowest, not the fastest. Played at Liberty. Dude put up numbers his entire career. His first year, he only had 315 yards. But his next three years, he had over 1,000 every single season. 10 touchdowns in all three. Last one, he had 9, so almost 10. But he was he's a special talent. I think on top of that... I don't think people were too surprised he fell to the fourth just cuz he was from a smaller school and with coaches not getting to go to these guys pro day and just getting to see what they put up at the combine and talking to them um he wasn't going to move up too much in the drafts uh I don't think but landing in a spot like Washington where the other the best receiver on that team obviously and McLaren is more of a uh, speedster what if I think McLaren's like 5'11 um and you got Gandy Golden at like that big size. He's got a good catch radius. He's a physical guy. Um, big body, too. I I mean, he he has a great opportunity, and he was a guy, I, I think, I, I, he's one of those guys I heard about him, I think I started hearing about him back in, like, December, and I started looking into him, and you're like, obviously he played at Liberty, but he was fun to watch. I mean, this dude was mossing everyone, and I don't know. He He's just a talented player, and I think the landing spot – Helped a lot, especially with the wide receiving wide receivers they have
1: there right now. Yeah, the the small school guys don't get me uh, as excited usually, just because of the the probability that they pan out isn't usually that high. Um, but he did he did look good on tape, and I obviously went to a great landing spot. He really is just in contention for that number two spot with uh, Sims and Kelvin Harmon. That's yep. not too much competition, really. Sims undrafted, too. Sims yeah, untrafted. and and I think Kelvin Harmon was like a fifth-rounder last sixth year. Rounder. Yeah, fifth or sixth. Yeah. I know he started to kind of uh, show up a little bit more at that later end of the year, but I'm, I think you can pretty much put that down to the, the Redskins weren't playing for much anymore at that point. They just wanted to see what they had in some of those guys. Yep. Um, so, yeah, opportunity is great there for him. I, I'm not going to... Fourth-round draft capital is not great, so I think it was probably more of a flyer than anything, but... We'll see. I mean, he's he's just got to prove it himself here, really.
2: Perfect. I mean, anything else in those w- couple wide receivers there? Otherwise, we can hop into these three tight ends and or these four tight ends that were taken in the fourth round. And sadly, you look at some of these guys and you look at Alberto, Harris, and Bryan, you're hoping they land in different spots because <laughs> Cleveland just signed – or just traded for – no, just signed uh, – what's his name Hooper to the largest contract as a tight end Denver obviously has Fant and then um LA Rams with Bryson Hopkins I think that's a good chance because I don't think they're going to re-sign Everett and Higby did get signed um and he's a good tight but I think the guy that has the best opportunity and like well best landing spot would be Parkinson with that spot but I, I'm really sad that Albert O ended up in denver because i think that guy has was so so raw and could be so talented as a fantasy option i don't i think he could still be good for that team but with that speed i was just hoping he'd land in like if, if albert O would have landed in seattle that would have especially after I, I talked with you james we were talking with you about that but that seattle like how often they use that tight end position i didn't really think about it with the greg olson stuff we were talking about but this I mean, Parkinson's going to get a chance, but I, I was really hoping, like, an Albert O would land there, just a talented receiving tight end, a big, big, fast guy, though.
1: Yeah, and, and one thing that's interesting about him, too, is I think kind of how it played out is the, co- the coaching staff and as well as the GM kind of asked Drew Locke about him because uh, Drew Locke was Albert O's college QB. Um, so he kind of vouched for him and, and said, yeah, get him on the team here. So I don't... I mean, at, at one and at one side of the coin, that is a good thing. Like, it's you, you want to see that his, his college QB wants him to come in, but I don't think he's going to be much of a fantasy option. And then on top of that, how much worse would his draft capital – how much worse could it have been if Denver didn't take him there? Because I'm not sure if anyone else was necessary. No, I
2: mean, he could have been like a Thaddeus Moss and gotten undrafted or something yeah. like
1: that. Obviously, Thaddeus wasn't
2: looking like he was getting drafted anyways after the injury, but – He's he's one of those raw prospects that you can sit down and he has the potential. He has the body and the, the he size. He has the to tools. Be, yes, there you go. He <laughs> has the tools to be a very good NFL player. Just there's and especially with them adding a billion other players, an yeah. offensive player. It's just like there's just no opportunities there. And with Harrison Bryant, it's the same situation.
1: None they're of just, Albert O's like. Uh, athletic prowess shows up for me on tape. I don't know no, if you guys no. had that as well, but I don't see that speed. I don't see any of it. Like The only thing maybe is he looks hard to take down in the open field. Um, but yeah, he's really just kind of a... He's a lottery ticket just because he is such an athletic specimen. You hope he can put it together and become a good football player too, but I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not holding my breath too much. I, know. No.
0: I, I just love that you acknowledge Kobe Bargain's landing spots. I, I think it's a great step for him to really turn into a great um tight end of the nfl seattle's been hurting in in tight end they they can't seem to keep one healthy or keep a good one you know will disley jacob hollister if they're not i know more about disley being always injured but didn't jacob hollister get a pretty major injury last season too and he was not even that good like like james made a good point that it was just
1: uh um the offense yeah. then i'm yeah. not sure if he got injured really but he is he's not much he's nothing special really so i would be excited for this as well with you spencer just because i i do think colby parkinson's probably as good as hollister if not better and he's gonna look good in this offense if he can get some snaps um learn
0: from greg olson
1: yeah and that's nice too i do think will disley if he can come back from this injury is Still the obviously the tight end one in that offense and because he looks great every time he does play yeah um, but it's it's a it's another thing it's a, it's a good spot for Colby Parkinson if he can if he can show out show that he's got the skills there's there's no way Pete Carroll's not going to use him
3: yeah and I just want to add that all all these tight ends really you're never drafting them to use them year one uh none of these guys you expect to be <clears throat> even Cole Komet if you're if you're going into the season is him being your starting tight end and if unless you're playing two tight end leagues but you're not in good shape it, none of these guys you're expecting to start in 2020 so kind of looking off into the future I I really like the Parkinson landing spot for you know the 2021 and I even think some of these other guys I Alberto I don't really see it be further than 2021 or 2022 for him to, unless he absolutely balls and uh, there's other busts on this these Denver drafts, but um, I could see Bryson Hopkins and even Harrison Bryant having relevance in a couple of years if they uh, if they show up. So, I, I mean that that's my take on it. That just to remind people that this isn't just because they had a bad landing spot. You're not looking to have them be your
2: starter this year
3: and even maybe even next year. This Very is good a point. Usually a year three is for tight ends when yeah, they start doing well. Yeah, do not exactly. touch
2: any of these guys before maybe the late third. Even, like, Cole Komet, do not touch him in a rookie draft before. Late third at their earliest, let alone, like, these guys are fourth, fifth undrafted guys in rookie drafts, I think, that y- you hold on to,
1: but... The lesson here is probably that you probably don't even have to draft any of these guys because you can no. just wait for them to be on the waiver wire in about a year or two. Yep. Um, Good point. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously, I really like Troutman and a few of these guys, but tight ends are easily the hardest to, to predict. In terms of um, actually hitting. Oh, for sure.
3: Well, Troutman has a a faster route to being. I developed. just loved his
1: landing spot, and I think when you get a <laughs> when you get a coach like that um, that that knows how to use his weapons, he has a better chance. But yeah, I, I as a general rule, I just feel like tight ends probably you could probably pass on most of them unless they have really high draft capital, and even then you can get an Eric Ebron, which. <laughs> yep. whatever you want to say about it isn't the, the greatest fantasy <laughs> yes. asset
2: nope
1: yeah, All right, I think just, that's a I wrap pumped,
0: guys yeah. yeah that's it's amazing how we came into this cab like oh we'll just get through the rest of the players tonight and here we are 55 minutes in and we're like
1: damn that was the third and fourth <laughs> yeah and we still got a few guys we could talk about uh, in these later rounds like a Tyler Johnson and Joe Reed um, even Quintez Safest, but Realistically, they all had pretty late uh, draft capital, um, and they're behind a lot of guys. So it's you're really kind of nitpicking there. We could do an episode though later on, just kind of talking about um, who you should be looking at for kind of those late round, late, yeah. late round flyers, stashes, kind of guys. The
2: so. Preston Williams of the rookie draft tag yeah, guys. Yeah, there's, there's
0: a few in here that I do yeah. kind
1: of like. Um,
3: and uh, maybe for that, we could get Austin back on board. He yes, has a great he, idea. Loves, he loves his late, late round game. film loves those guys <laughs> so
2: well uh i think that's it guys anything else sir? well i think we covered covered uh pretty pretty damn good first four rounds of a nfl draft it's fun to talk about all these guys
0: so yeah i think i think it's crazy how much banter we can get into about oh these God. guys too
2: now you're just purposely using it. at first it was like every like 10, 10 sentences spencer would throw that word on accident now he's just purposely using it and i do want to um
3: just say again i don't know if we have touched on it in a while but uh definitely if you guys ever have questions hit us up on twitter um yes. it we'd love talking fantasy obviously so totally open there uh, that's all i had
0: i guess
2: yes hey, all of our you want shout out what our twitter are, is <laughs> yeah we well,
0: do, do we have yeah. it on the yeah
3: yeah it should I, be on
0: there on our outro it's you know make sure to follow us on twitter at four below ff
1: well, Chuck,
0: give out, give out your, uh, your personal 4 Below one. Well, yeah, mine's just uh,
3: at 4 Below, Trevor, FF, and everyone else is the same, James, Sam, and Spencer. So Yes, we
2: are, yes, we are but that's a, that's a wrap on this one right here.
0: All right. Well, Sam, we'll let you get to your uh, your Sunday festivities because I know you're...
2: Last dance.
0: Yeah, there it is. All right, so Sam's out of here, Trevor. Adios. James see you later alright everyone we'll uh, we'll catch you next time thanks for listening you've just listened to the 4 Below Fantasy Football Podcast with Spencer, Trevor James and Sam make sure to follow us on Twitter at 4belowff until next time